Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. In this week's episode, we are going to be reviewing Dubious Cursed Court. And in the discussion topic, we are going to be re- talking about games from our childhood. So games we played growing up. What kind of games did we play? What did young Natasha and young Bob play as as children and teenagers to get them into the board gaming hobby? Um, I got some feedback that I didn't get a follow up to my softball. And yeah, Nina, thank you that. for this. I want to just uh, go out and say, Nina, thank you. <laughs> a few other people have commented that they're interested. So I was at Gen Con. We played our championship softball game. We won unexpectedly won the first round of the playoffs. And then I had to miss the second one, which was so such a bummer. We did lose it by like three runs. So it was pretty darn close. We came in third place for the championship, which was really good considering we were bottom of the, the lineup there. We were the lowest ranked team on our division, which was the lowest division. Not the point. Um, but that's okay. Right. We are now at this point, we are we have started the fall season. I'm playing on three teams this year. I'm super excited. I'm on my team, which is the Umpire Strikes Back. And I joined another team, another co-ed team called Base Invaders, which I'm excited about that. That's power co-ed, so it's seven guys and three girls. It's a little different, a little bit more aggressive there. So we'll see how that goes. And then I'm on a brand new team that we just formed called We've Got the Runs. <laughs> so And there, there's another team called Stop the Pitching, which I think is pretty fun. I like that team name, too. Oh, my God. I love it. That's the one thing I miss about like doing fantasy football is all the names. The creative yeah. names people come up with. Yep. I always wear my Star Wars shirts too. Because we don't have team shirts. Although we, I do have a, a girl that joined our team that can design shirts. So we might. She's like, what kind of graphic design you want here? I said, well, Darth Vader, obviously. Or Stormtroopers. You know, we're the bad guys. But we'll see. And I ha- we haven't started bowling yet. Bowling is. We've just been practicing. Bowling starts next week. But I'll be gone. So I missed the first game. You mean you missed the first week? The first, yeah, the first week with multiple games. That's right. We're playing like three games every night. It's a series. That's they they call it a bowling series. Yeah, three three games. I've been practicing though. I did do really good. I think what did I say? I had like a, my I think I got up to like 150 at one of the games. Pretty darn good. So I gave you some some bowling advice, mm-hmm. and I've been I took that advice and have been working on it at practice. Is it working? Is it helping? Yeah, I'm I'm getting the cross. Like if I have one pin left on the edge, I'm learning how yeah. to bowl like cross sectionally instead of straight down. Getting pretty good yep. at that. I mean, that's good. Okay. That's good. You got you know, hey, game of it's a game of spares. It's a game of spares. Yeah, I I'll be happy with some spares. Um, I'm I haven't gotten the the, the spin on the ball yet. I'm still working on like trying to throw it straight. But even sometimes I throw it straight and it's a perfect throw. I won't knock all the pins down because it's not strong enough. So I need. I need that spin. You know, I need a little bit more heft to it. Yeah. You need some additional revolutions. Yeah. You need some revs. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we'll start next week and I think I'll get good at over time. We're, it's like a long season. I like 12 weeks or something crazy. <laughs> I'm booked. <laughs> That's a, such a short league. Tw- it's 12? 12? 12 weeks? I think so. It's a very long time is all I remember. You know. You do know like a standard league in the fall runs for like no, 33 Bob, weeks. I don't know anything about bowling. I thought we established that already. Obviously, you didn't know. That's why I'm here. I'm educating you. A typical, okay. a typical league that's not like a fun league. That's just straight league play is usually like 33 weeks. Well, this, is, this is a fun league. At least I hope so. I've been told it's a fun league. I kind of hope they lie to you about it. I wouldn't be mad about it because bowling's fun. Like, it'll be fun for me regardless. It's You know, like softball, you play softball and you start losing really bad. It's it's not fun. Like, if you're playing outfield the whole time and they're just like run after run after run and then you get up and you're three up, three down. Like, that's not fun. But you play bowling and they handicap you. Who cares? Yeah. You don't actually, you don't play bowling. You just bowl. Yeah. That's what I'm I I'm just trying to, listen, listen, listen here. I, All I'm trying I want, to do, okay. Let, I don't need to go on. into this making people think that I know anything about bowling. I'm not. No, to- I'm just not. I'm just trying to save you, like, from being embarrassed. It's not even that I want you to know things. I just want you to, like, you gotta be part of the culture slightly. You know what I'm saying? 
Like you, you gotta, mean, you you're trying to save me the from being embarrassing because I'm not gonna be embarrassed. Yes, because I'm not yeah, gonna I'm, realize I did. I'm just trying. Wrong. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just trying, trying to, to help my, your teammates. My teammates from being yes. embarrassed of me. Uh, truth, truth be told, they should be the ones telling you all this. I don't know why I am. Like they need to be good ambassadors. Apparently, they're not. Do they listen to this podcast? No. Okay, good. <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. We're just a fun team. We're just fun. Well, if you're on the team, it's probably not that fun. Oh, Anywho, it's fun. we're a good time. <laughs> so, we even yeah. got shirts. Yeah, you with you bowling have to. pins on them. Because <laughs> we're bowling. Bowl. Yeah, I. Yeah, I put two to two together. Thank you for that. Oh, you want to know our team name? Yes. Low expectations. Well, we really should have gone with bowl expectations, but. Be low, like, and then bowl. No, like bowl. bowl, like you bowl expectations. We went with low expectations because I wanted people to know, like. There's no expectations? Yes. You should just, we're not expecting anything. We're just here to have fun. Should you have changed the name instead to low expectations to no expectations? No, I have, I have expectations. They're very low. Hmm. Gotcha. Did you <laughs> pick the team name? We did as a group. Because uh-huh. I was trying to come up with clever clever names and one of the girls was like well we should have something that's personal to us and i was like she's like what's unique about us like how are you guys as bowlers i said well i'm really bad you should have no expectations for me or low expectations and one of the other guys was like yeah me too well expect and we went with that and then the name was formed mm-hmm. so there's me and one other guy who's never bowled and then there's the two two other people a guy and a girl who are pretty good the girl is really good we will she's all look forward to updates well. as the season progresses i will let you know It'll be fun. I'm like, let you know about my softball team too. Which one? All three? All of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because most of us that play in them are playing in all of them. Some of them, not all of us. But yeah, there's a few of us that are on all the teams. Yeah, you just really leaned into that softball thing. It's gonna imp- it's gonna start impacting the amount of gameplays or amount of games you can get played. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to review very many games in the next six weeks, but um, I will be able- giving you updates on my softball team. <laughs> So, so there's that. So we are going to go from a board game podcast to an update about softball podcast. In case anyone was curious. Well, hopefully Bob plays a lot of games. <laughs> let's, 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 here's to hoping. All right. Let's, let's do some reviews, huh? All right. First up, I want to talk about Dubious. This is the newest game. It came out in 2022. It's designed by Dave Neely. Um, there's a few different artists on there and it's published by Arcane Wonders. So this is, I would say it's like a party style game. Everyone gets a an occupation and a secret card. They get two actually. You get two occupations and two secrets and they pick one um, and that's what they're, they're pick one of each and then they write down the ones that they didn't pick because they know that nobody else has those. And then the object of the game is to figure out what everybody else is, what their occupation is and what their secret is. So the game is played, you, you shuffle up these question cards randomly shuffle up and pick some questions i think there's five of them throughout the entire game and then you go around you ask the question you go around the table and you each answer that question however you want no rules to how you answer it keeping in mind your occupation your secret you are now that character that you have your that's your job and you have this one secret and you want to try to get everyone you want to try to get people to figure out what you have but you don't want everybody to figure it out if everybody figures it out you don't get any points but if nobody figures it out, you don't get any points. You want like at least one or two, a few people to figure it out, but not everybody. So that's the crux of the entire game. So you play over these rounds where you ask questions. At the end, once everyone's answered all five questions, you rehash the whole thing. Or you go around the table rehashing and re-answering all the questions so everybody remembers it. And then you go around the table trying to guess everybody's profession and secret. And you get points based on that. And that's the end of the game. It's it, What makes it fun is that you need to get into characters and you have to answer the questions as if you were that person, you are now that person, you answer them, you come up with creative things to say. Um, if some of the questions don't give any information out, the answers to the question don't give any any information out to your occupation, your secret, you have to kind of like go off on a tangent and make it relate to your occupation and your secret to try to give clues about that because you need them to figure it out, but you don't want everybody to figure it out. So it can't be obvious. So that's the fun of the game is kind of the role playing part of it. The difficult part to me when we played it was like taking notes. I had a hard time keeping track of everything. I had a hard time with that. I think at the end, the scoring just kind of fell apart on me. Like it really came down to like one or two people like 
somebody like if you gave really obvious clues, somebody could ruin the whole thing and give that person points because they guessed the wrong answer or something like that. And in a game like Dixit, where you have multiple rounds, it doesn't matter so much, but you have one round and that's determines the points and the winner of the game. So as far as like a game to me, it kind of fell apart. But as an activity, like a role playing activity, I thought it was fun. And I can see where people would really enjoy this game. I think this game is going to be group dependent. I think there's going to be groups that play this game and will have an amazing experience with it. I don't know if it's a game for me because it's it's weird because there is that role playing aspect, which, you know, I like. And it's cool to say, all right, I am a taxi cab driver that has a ton of gambling debt. Okay, so now I'm in this like character mode trying to figure out how to let people know that I'm that, but not everyone, the Dixit style thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then you'll have a question just like, do you like animals? Well, how am I supposed to answer that in such a way that indicates I am both a taxi cab driver and a person that has a lot of debt? So do I say something like, oh, yeah, I love dogs. Unfortunately, my dog was taken from me. Like, what does that tell you about, like, the type of person I am? Maybe you can try to, you know, you can try to infer that, like, maybe it got stolen because of gambling debt or or whatever, right? I think if you have a good group, this game will do fine. I don't think it's going to be a game that does well for just about anybody. Yeah, no, it's very particular. Yeah, I can see... I can see like maybe teens playing this game as a really fun activity. They're, you know, they're not in any hurry. They can spend two hours playing this one game, being silly, being goofy, just having fun, getting into character and having a fun experience. I can see that side of it. I I think they wouldn't probably wouldn't even keep track of score. They would just play it for fun. And I can see that being fun for me. It was not a game. It was very much an activity and it was, but it was very long for what it was too. So you had a hard so you had to figure out what these characters you had to write this stuff down and then try to remember it and think of all the different it wasn't a great way to kind of document everything it, in it been and you forgot because we played with a large group so you kind of forgot or, as people went around it it just didn't flow very well for me it was too long yeah I think the length of it too wasn't it was long because it was taking so long in between turns so the thing is okay I ask a question then everyone goes around and answers it. Okay, so like you're trying to and you got to give them some time to think of an answer. So you're you're waiting a little bit. There's just so much downtime. And towards the end, when people are trying to make guesses, I know at one point everyone's just like, all right, now that I got all your answers again, I'm going to like try to figure it out. So if you have people who aren't trying to figure out as you're playing are trying to figure it out as at the very end after they've gotten all the information, it just halts to a stop. And everyone's just waiting for people to like figure out, you know, who did what. I think the sheet, the way it way it's set up, isn't organized very well. Like it gives you, you know, spots for each person, what their identity is and what their secret is, and then you can basically put numbers because then the card that you have is taxi cab driver could be number nine, and you know, being in debt is number, you know, fourteen. Okay. So you can you can mark those on your sheet. So if you think you know what somebody is, you can put, okay, I think they're an eight and a 16. So you can write that. But then as far as like taking notes of what the different people are saying, it's like you have just like an open area. So it's hard to know like, okay, this is this note for this person or is this note for that person? So it takes a little bit longer to write the notes, you know? The note taking like the... In order for a game that requires notes and deduction like this, I think you need to have a really clear way of writing things down, like a yeah. set of abbreviations. Like I really like how um, the search for Planet X does it, where like you can abbreviate these these things, and it makes it really clear what to write down. This game, I was very overwhelmed. I didn't know how to take notes and write things down, so I wanted to play it again because I wanted to to figure out and have a better way of writing it down. But I never even figured it out at the end, and it was way too long for me to sit there and want to, okay, let's play it again. I, it felt like if the game was like 20 minutes, it would have, I would have enjoyed it a lot more, but it was way too long for what it was. It was not clear at all what I should be doing with the notes. I think we could have scrapped the notes entirely and just not even cared about points and had a way more fun experience. If it would just got gone around the table, don't remember things, just do the best you can. You know what I mean? Instead of writing things down, it probably would have been a lot more enjoyable. I think that's what it happened with me is I got to the point where I was just like listening to what people said 
And then based on the information I inferred from the previous time, I would make adjustments. So I, I, somebody would say something, I'd be like, all right, maybe it's like these two, and I'd write two numbers down. And then the next question they would answer, I'd be like, okay, this is what I thought was based on their last response. And then, you know, whatever. And the thing that got me was at the very end, you go back and answer all the questions. Well, I don't remember exactly what I said to the first question. Mm-hmm. So then, like, when they said, yeah, we're going to go, somebody was just like, wait, what did somebody so-and-so say? And somebody else was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to redo all the questions at the end anyway. I was like, mm-hmm. I better write down what I'm saying. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. Down. Not a good spot to write that down. Like, I don't know where you're supposed to do that. It felt like it was supposed to be like a logic style game because you get that extra information, right? You get one card that you're not using. So you know that nobody's going to have this occupation and this secret. That's cool. That's yep. logic. But then there was just no logical parts after that. And it's based on how good everyone can creatively come up with a response that will both provide enough information to get you towards what they are, but not enough information to make it sure everyone gets it. So it really relies on people's creativity to be successful, which Mm -hmm. is, I think, asking a lot in some ways. Mm-hmm. For this kind of game, like 13 Clues is different. What I like about 13 Clues is you don't know what you are and you're asking these questions. I'm not good at 13 Clues and I don't know exactly what kind of questions to ask. I think I would rather play that than this game because I'm relying on asking concrete questions. How mm-hmm. many women do you see? I see four. Okay. I see three. So that means I, you know, I'm a woman in 13 Clues. Whereas this is just like, you know, what kind of shoes do you wear? You know, like that was one of the questions. Like that is such a narrow question to try to infer two things from. Mm -hmm. So now you're just like, oh, well, I wear penny loafers because I think they're comfortable during the day. Okay, so, you know, they wear penny loafers. So what does that say about them? And then they want to be comfortable throughout the day. You know, it's, it's little things like that. It just I wanted to like this game. But I just, it fell really flat for me. Yeah, I agree. It's not, it it should be a game that I like. You know, I like deduction style games. I don't, I didn't mind coming up with the answers. I, I struggle with being super creative in this style game, but it was straightforward enough. I could do it. That was fine. It was just, for me, it was way too long. It was way too difficult to write things down. I didn't know what I was doing. It, it kind of fell apart. But but like I said, I can see people really enjoying this. I would recommend this game for those that like role playing that don't mind a long experience. I think my yeah, I'm going to stick with I think this is for teenagers. Yeah, I can see a specific groups really liking this game. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's it's one of those niche games that specific groups will love and other people will just kind of fall flat. So. Yeah, I don't see a lot of board gamers liking it, but I can see a lot of other people that don't necessarily play a lot of board games enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. What are you rating the game? I'm rating it as a six. I did I did enjoy parts of it, and I would play it again. if I, And I just have to change my mindset knowing when I'm going into it, playing it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm coming in at a five. I, I thought it was fine. I Nothing too special, at least from, from me. I feel like... There's certain spots that they could have made better. I think I I don't know. I it just didn't it didn't click with me. I'm not. I wasn't a big fan. All right. Well, that is dubious. Um, check it out if if it does sound interesting to you, you'll probably like it. You'll know based on this review. If you know, you know, and then you'd know, which you should know. Yeah. Next up, I want to talk about Cursed Court. This is a betting and bluffing game designed by Andrew Hansen, art by Lee Moyer, and published by Atlas Games. So in Curse Court, you and your fellow players are wagering your limited influence, hoping to see your fortunes rise. So Curse Court is going to be played over three years, which each year is going to have four seasons. So there's going to be a main board in this game that represents nine different court members. And over the course of the rounds, players will be wagering to see who will be represented by the cards that are dealt during that year. So at the start of each year, there is going to be a card dealt between each player. This is information each player knows. And at the start of each season, a new face-up card will be dealt to the, to the table, which everyone knows. As a player, you are trying to infer what other cards are in play while trying to limit the amount of information you give away from your cards. So this will be happening by placing bets. 
In turn order, players will be bidding on the different members of the court. This is going to be very much roulette style where you can place on one person, you could do a cluster of three or even possibly a cluster of four people, depending on where you place your bid. The goal is to place your bid on people who are represented by the cards in play. So you will score points based on your bid and how many members of that court that bid represents. So for example, placing a bid on one member is a pretty sure bet, especially if you know that they're represented, but it's not going to score as many points as if you were betting on a group of four members. Once each season has been played and all cards are revealed, then you will score points. Uh, Then you're going to move on to the next year, dealing out a new set of cards. And after three years, the player with the most points wins. So I think what makes this game interesting is, is bidding on things you don't think are there to try to steer your opponents in the wrong direction. Like you're trying to, you're trying to pick up information from where Natasha is placing her people but you're also trying to like get her to commit to something that you know probably isn't there. Yeah. So y- you can bid on things and then somebody can come along and they have to double your bid in order to take over that spot. So like the yep. first round of the game, you're spending the entire game like trying to trick people into thinking you know that this card is out there because then they'll then they'll try to take your bid and then you can go bid on something else, you know. And then they're occupied thinking that you knew for sure that that card was there. So that, that's the whole game. But of course, you can get screwed over if you nobody if people call your bluff and don't actually think you have that card. And then you're stuck with that bidding. I really like how you there's open information, but then there's also information that you know on either side. So like Bob and I have the same information, but then Jeremy and I have the same information. But Bob doesn't know what Jeremy knows. So I, I like that a lot. I like trying to over bluff other people. And I think the, the luck of the game. There's some there's some luck elements of the cards that come out and you just don't know if they're all there and it's all revealed at the end of each round which is really fun i i like this game quite a bit actually it's an interesting game because it allows for that variance right that luck piece because yeah you don't know if the queen's represented like maybe that card is nobody knows if the queen's represented but then somebody places a bet and sometimes you just it's to the point where you have a couple chips left you have no other place to go, so you just happen to set it somewhere, and the queen happens to be represented. Or, you know, you get lucky with the four people that are there, that sort of thing. So there is some luck, but you're playing over the course of three years, right, with there being four, the four seasons in each year. So there's, a, there's enough length of the game to kind of average out those probabilities, right? So... If you mm-hmm. get unlucky in in year one, maybe you get lucky in year two, that sort of thing. Yeah. My only complaint with the game is it's kind of long, but I wouldn't want to shorten it because if you just played one round, it would be, it wouldn't be enough. You know, you'd, you'd end up getting screwed over. It just wouldn't be very fun. So you need those three rounds in order to kind of round it out, like you said. But within each round, anytime somebody takes your bid, then now you've got your token back and you can rebid. So it kind of goes around a lot and it gets kind of lengthy. I think that's the biggest complaint of the game. For what it is, it's a little too long for what it is. But I I still really enjoy it. It'd be hard to knock some time off of that. Because like you said, playing... And the other thing too is you start developing a meta amongst those three three years, right? When you know somebody's been joking or like you know somebody's been bluffing, I could... You could find out that I've been bluffing a lot in the first year. So now you're going to think that I'm bluffing the rest of the time. So now you start developing those little like meta games between mm-hmm. all the players. So I think that's fun. It is probably a little longer than it needs to be. And the yeah, the bidding, the going around the bidding is your it's a resource you're managing, right? You only have so many chips that you're trying to keep tabs on. You have to double the person's bid if you're going to outbid them. So you need to, you're, it's a resource you're managing. And I think that's interesting. Sometimes you just put down one chip thinking and nobody touches it. Mm-hmm. It stays there the entire time because nobody wants to remove it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then there's one spot that all of a sudden comes real juicy where the four cards revealed are this one cluster of four. Now everyone's trying to knock everyone out of there in order yeah. to score points, you know? Because everybody knows that that will 100% score and it's the biggest scoring opportunity. Yeah. Yep. So it, it's just each game is a little different based on the cards that come out. Um, sometimes you can get, if you have three of the same card for one character, then all of a sudden that one character is worth a lot. And they typically aren't worth near as much. 
yeah, I, I really like the game. I enjoy playing it. I don't mind that it's long because I enjoy it so much. It is kind of swingy and kind of wild, but it's it just kind of fun. I like the bluffing part. I like trying to figure out what everybody else has based on, okay, why they bid in that row. Are they certain about this one or are they certain about this one? Because they're probably, we all know that this card's out, so they probably have one of those two, but probably not both. So which one's most likely? Because I want to get in on another set of cards. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I like it quite a bit. I'm coming in at an eight for this game. Yeah, this is a game that isn't going to be full of strategic, meaningful choices. It is a bluffing bidding game. You're just trying to have fun placing stuff out. I'm coming in at a seven. I thought it was pretty good. It is a little longer than it needs to be, but it, it'd be difficult to try to figure out a way for it to be it to be shorter. I don't know. I don't I don't think you can make it shorter without compromising that luck piece, you know? The one nice mm-hmm. thing about this too is it plays up to six players. So it, it plays a decent amount and there's obviously more information and there's less places you can go. So I think player counts are really going to affect how this game flows and how it feels. So I know at least for me thinking about it, I don't know if I would play it with less than four. It says two to six. But Mm -hmm. two is just there's not a lot of information and you're really just bidding out another person. I don't even there's probably a dummy player, honestly. Three is probably a smidge light. I know we've played it at four a couple times and four seems like a good number because there's not enough spaces that are going to be lucrative enough with four people that people are still fighting over stuff Mm -hmm. with a bluffing and bidding game like this. People need to be fighting over those prime prime positions Mm -hmm. and they need to be over committing their chips to those positions. That's what you want to see in a game like this. And I think a low player account's not going to see that. But I also think six might be too much because it might be that it's going to be that much longer. And limited spots. And yeah, you're just going to end up putting your chips on a spot that's you know, is not going to score because none of those cards are out. But you have a lot more cards out with six players. So, it, yeah, I think. Yeah. I. But then you might everything might score. I've played games where like literally everything scores because you get one of every card out. Then I played games where like it was just duplicates of the same card, so hardly anything scored, yep. or e- within each round. So it, it just kind of varies. And yeah, I can see it being this being a game that people either love it or hate it, you know, or have strong opinions about it. It's 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 unique, and I like that about it. Yeah, I think if you like those type of you know bluffing bidding games. I think this one, I think a lot of people are going to like, especially if you're going into it, you know, just for the sheer fun of what the game can be, then yeah, I think this, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this game. I think it can be, can be pretty fun, especially once you start again, sort of like dubious if you, you know, play with a group that likes this sort of thing and starts developing like the meta. A lot of times it starts developing in itself while you're playing because you're playing after so many years which I think is interesting. So if you like that sort of stuff, I think Cursed Court could be a pretty solid game for that. So that is Cursed Court. And that is going to wrap up the games we are reviewing this week. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to be discussing the games we played as children. All right, welcome back. So for today's discussion topic, we're going to talk about our childhoods and what games we like playing as a kid. Now, I will admit, this might not surprise you, I did play board games. Of all the activities that I did, playing board games was my number one thing to do. Like, I really hated playing dolls, like Barbie dolls, baby dolls, any dolls, like, because I hated playing pretend. Um, But board games, like, I just, I like playing board games. I never played pretend. We did board games and we did as soon as my mom got a camcorder, we did plays. Like we would reenact all these like fairy tales and do plays and stuff. That's like the big thing I remember as a child. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I hated playing Barbie. Like if I did play Barbie, I'd like dress her up and we'd do a fashion show because I did not want to play pretend. <laughs> okay. That's why I think I'll never get into role playing. I couldn't even do it as a kid. Like when you were reenacting stuff like that, you didn't do any role playing? Like acting plays out. I mean, yeah. that was acting. It was the whole. T- 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 yeah, it's different. I guess. I guess I did that. And yeah, sure. I don't see how it's different. But I wasn't but... like. I wasn't creating anything. It was. It was a story that was already created. Oh, just reenacting the story that's already done. Mm-hmm. 
Got yeah, it. like All we right. did like we would we would do like the three little bears and then we would do it like five or six times. So we all played all the characters and then we'd make my mom videotape every single time. Does she still have that VHS somewhere? Tell me she does. We need that in our life. I need to see that. I, I need it. I need it. I need it. <laughs> it's not that interesting. Oh, no, I did. You don't. I don't think you quite understand. I, I need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would play. For board games, I played anything that anybody owned. Unfortunately, I didn't own a lot of games, but I remember we'd always the, like the uh, my favorite was when the church would do board game night, and everybody would bring all their board games, and I get to play all the games that we never owned. That was all classic games. Yeah, I think growing up, we did we had mostly the classic games. But the other thing too is I don't feel like we played board games that much. The thinking about, you know, this topic and specifically the games we grew up playing, there's a there's a handful of games that I remember playing, but like there's almost like three tiers of games that I played. I played some board games, mostly card games with my family and then RPGs. Mm. So that was mostly what I'm going to be talking about or those three things in some shape, way or form. All right. Let's start with the classic games then. Yeah. What was what was your favorite of the classic games? It probably was Monopoly. I have I have a very fond memory of playing that, but it was it's a fond memory now. But at the time, there was a lot of irritation because it was always me, my brother, and my dad. We never played it by the actual rules. Like there was always like deals to be made, that sort of thing, and the game mm-hmm. would always take forever. Like we'd start playing yeah. in the afternoon, and then like you know evening time, we'd like wrap it up. We'd like we'd write down where everyone was, how much money everyone had. Because there was always like, it would just stop and there would be dealing for like an hour. You know, I'd have Park Place. You know, my brother would have, you know, Boardwalk, Empire, whatever. And he'd be like, all right, I need that. What do I? And we would just go back and forth forever. You know, my mm-hmm. dad was always trying to like undercut us with something and just, we played a lot. And I don't know how many games we actually finished. I think they more <laughs> just like got put into the box and set away and then. Months later, we just like, ah, let's just start over. Let's start fresh. I have a lot of memories of playing Monopoly. And I think that was the game that we could get the adults to play with us, too. So I think that's why we played it so much. Because I remember playing with my parents. I remember playing with my friend's parents. I I have a lot of memories of playing it. I never enjoyed it because it went on forever. And we also played the classic house rules instead of the actual rules. Yeah, throw money in the free parking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When I played with my kids with the real rules, it wasn't that bad. It was a completely fine game. But yeah, I didn't like it as a kid because it went on forever. My favorite game as a kid was Clue. When I first got Clue, I was just like, what? This game is so cool. Because you had to try to figure things out. I loved it. I loved playing Clue. We didn't play Clue growing up, surprisingly enough. That was not one of the games that was in in the like stack o games at least i don't recall playing it until i was like older until i was probably like high schoolish you know i would say mm, i i just liked that you could make choices and try to figure things out like i would always try to guess like i would get you you try to guess the three things well i'd pick two of them that i already knew mm-hmm. and try to get people to try to figure out what the only the one i didn't know was so that would they would be forced to tell me that and then people would think that I didn't know, that I didn't have those other two. So then they would lead to thinking that those other two that I had that I named in there were one of the missing ones. And, and it just was like interesting. It was so much more interesting than any other game that I played. And I remember liking Battleship for the same reason, because I could trick people. I would put my ships next to each other. And so they would hit, but they'd be hitting two different ships. So they'd be all thrown off. Classic. I liked the- yeah. Yes, I loved being able to like have games like that that were interesting that you had interesting choices and you could trick people and that that was so fun. My favorite would be if they hit the ship in the middle and then they would go off to one side and they would hit like they would hit your you know aircraft carrier or whatever and they would hit like uh-huh. three and then you would be like yeah you missed be like oh yeah so did I sink it and be like no <laughs> yeah or sometimes they would you would tee the ships together and they would hit the one. But they wouldn't like, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. We played a ton it, of Battleship. It worked with yeah. a couple games. They need to figure it out and it wasn't fun anymore. But yeah. man, those couple games where people would it, trick people, that that was a lot of fun. At one point, I my brother did a specific strategy. So what I would end up doing, because he would like he would start doing patterns. So what I would do is I would take my ships and I would just put them around the board. 
So they were just along the outside. So anything he shot in the middle, he never got. Yes. <laughs> we played a lot of we played a lot of Battleship too growing up. Like quite a bit of Battleship, me and my brother. Yep. Battleship was fun. I liked Guess Who. I never owned Guess Who, so I always played that one at church whenever we had a, a church thing. And I always loved Guess Who. Yeah, we never played Guess Who. The the other games I remember it playing a decent amount was a game called Tilt which was this plastic board green and you had a marble and it would it was on like a imagine like a seesaw right so it would sit there and as you would progress through you would move your marble to different spots and depending on where it would sit it would move that piece of plastic one way or the other you know it would move the seesaw mm-hmm. And if you were in, so you could set yourself up where you put one of your marbles in like a slot, but at the edge of it. And if it would teeter the other way, your, your ball would like roll down and you would be able to skip a bunch of stuff. So it was, it was things like that. I remember playing that game a decent amount, um, with my brother. And I always thought it was cool that you could like try to set yourself up in ways where like all of a sudden, you know, it shifts and then moves all your, all your balls to specific spots so you can bypass things. And then sometimes it would go the opposite way, that sort of thing. But yeah, it was in hmm. it was it was a game I remember playing a lot with my brother. Did you ever play pickup sticks? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we play a ton of pickup sticks, and I just loved pickup sticks because it was so I don't know, it was so like filled with tension. And then you'd argue, it didn't move, it moved, and yeah, I remember that. It a did lot, too. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. Pickup sticks was a big one that we I liked a lot. I played Connect Four a lot with my grandma. I remember that. I did a lot of chess and checkers. We had that like mm-hmm. the classic cardboard once, you know, a set of uh, checker chips and a set of chess pieces or whatever, all in one box. Yes. Yeah, everyone had. I remember one of those. a lot of checkers when I was young. Yeah. that yeah. was a fun one because that was interesting. That was a really that was that was a game of skill. Even checkers was. Uh, I don't remember it being that skillful. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, because I could always beat my brother and sister, you know. Hmm. Interesting. I don't remember it being super strategic from when I played it. Maybe I never like thought far enough ahead. That's the reason why I'm not great at chess. But I enjoy mm-hmm. I enjoyed playing chess a little bit too. Was never good at it, you know, I was always bad, but eh, what are you gonna do? I remember for my birthday one year I got the Urkel game. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember too much about it. It was pretty bad. Um, or you, it was like a roll and move, or you'd go and you'd land on the spot, and then you'd have to do a certain thing, like say the say something <laughs> Urkel, or I don't know. I remember having a lot of fun playing it. I knew it was bad, and it wasn't a good game, but it was still fun playing it. We played it quite a bit with my friends. I always made my friends play board games. <laughs> like I have the most memories playing board games than I do anything else. As a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, most of it was, I don't know, we did a decent amount of like games in general, because even like Pictionary, we played a ton of Pictionary, especially when like friends would come over, we'd play Pictionary, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I remember this, my cousin had this sh- the mall shopping game, yeah. you go around shopping, like there was a phone, maybe those, maybe those two separate games, <laughs> those Ooh. were bad too. Yeah, I don't know, I've played like, and the thing is we played a lot of the stereotypical you need a roll of one or a six to get your marble out of the spot or your peg oh, out of the spot. aggravation? Yeah, or in any f- same form of aggravation, that sort of thing. To get sorry. It out of your, yeah, get it out of your thing. I didn't mind sorry. I didn't mind Yahtzee. I liked those quite a bit. But yeah, aggravation was long. That was a long one. Uh, So what we played a ton of growing up with my parents specifically was card games. Yeah. Those were the probably the most memorable besides the like super epic kind of games of monopoly but the two that i remember the most was blitz is what my parents called it and every so what would happen is everyone would get your get a deck you'd have your own deck of cards and you'd have a hand and your goal was to like get through your deck by placing placing your stuff out onto the board like in you know ascending order so you'd have the aces out or whatever, and then as you would be trying to fill them up as quickly as you possibly can. It was super chaotic. In some ways, it was kind of like real time because you were trying to get through your deck as quickly as you possibly could. My brother, I felt like always cheated and always like put stuff underneath me and then would like 
yell at me when I was like, no, nah, I was there first. And he's like, no, I was there first. So we'd, we'd play that quite a bit. Did you ever play Spoons? Yeah, for sure. Spoons is so fun. Yeah. That's a fun real-time game. You know what I used to love to do with Spoons if I would be the first one out? Because you know how you would arrange the spoons all in the center so all the spoon heads were like facing each other? Mm-hmm. The th- like I'm sure everyone did it, but if I would be the first one to claim a spoon, I'd grab the spoon and I would take my fist and I would hit all the other spoons so they would just like fly in all directions. So then when people were trying to get spoons, they would have to like run and run and find them. <laughs> wow, you're such a d- Whenever I would take a spoon, I would be really quiet. I'd still be flipping cards, but I'd quietly take the spoon. Yeah. And see a yeah. lot of people could notice. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember people doing that. <laughs> Spoons is probably one of my favorites. We played Uno a lot as kids. Yeah. But then as teens, we played uh, a different version of Uno where you keep score, which was way fun. Like that was like way better game of Uno. And then you play this version where... You could play a card at any time if you had the exact same card, so you could interrupt people. Loved that version because, one, people play fast because you, you could get your turn cut off if you don't pay attention. Yep. It's your turn. Somebody's got to match it, especially a play with like six or seven people, and it's a lot of fun. And then we play the silly role where if anybody played a zero, you had to put your thumb on your forehead. The last person to do would have to draw two cards. So you had to pay attention. It was really fun and fast. I like, the, I like when you take like regular games like Connect 4 and play a speed version. Anything faster is better just to get through it. 100%. Yes. Because it's like frantic. It's fun to be all frantic. Spoons is a frantic game. Spoons is very frantic. Yeah. I've done the thing where you like you try to sneak the spoon ever so like carefully and stuff too. But all you had to play all the little tricks in that game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We played. uh, I talked about it before on the podcast, but we there was a they refer to it as Polish hearts, but it was basically a trick taking game heart style. Except the edict would change round to round to round. So mm. in the first round, take no spades. In the second round, take no clubs. Take no diamonds. Take no you know hearts. And then it would be like take none of the twos. The twos are worth this. Take no you know sixes or sevens. That sort of thing. Take no tricks. Take all the tricks. That sort of thing. So it, was, it would run through all these different edicts, and it was just they just had them all written down. And I don't know if it was a game they specifically came up with or, you know, game they, you know, took from the motherland over here. But we played that a decent amount. That was one that of those explains games. explains why you're so good at trick-taking games. Yeah, we played that You don't that want to do anything. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Are you, are you actually giving me, paying me a compliment that I'm good at trick-taking games? Or are you telling no, me? I'm frustrated because you're annoying at Skull King. You'll win every time. I don't win every time. You've won like the last three or four times we've played. And like you win like every hand, it's so annoying. <laughs> I don't, I, I didn't realize I didn't realize that was such a sore subject for you. Was the Skull yeah. King thing? I just assumed you were making fun of me because we always argue about the correct play in uh in uh the crew, and you always you always tell me that I f***ed it up in some way. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, I still stand by that, even though you're really good at trick taking <laughs> games. Those don't con- I know they contradict each other, but I stand by my statement. I I don't I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skull no. King. I've 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 been having a pretty good run with Skull King lately. I've had a pretty solid run. I feel pretty good about my run so far. That and Scout. Yeah, I feel like I've done a I've done a pretty solid job in Scout lately too. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that Polish Hearts is paying dividends. You- yeah, mm-hmm. that and Rummy Bridge. We that's or at least that's what my parents called it. It was uh it was almost like Rummy and Bridge put together it was weird so we played quite a bit of that as well and cribbage didn't you say you played a lot of cribbage too i didn't learn cribbage until like high school i learned uh euchre and cribbage in high school yeah so i learned yeah, those two i yeah. played a lot of euchre i played that with my friends in high school a lot because it was easy to play at lunch and in breaks and stuff and at parties in college i always had a, a euchre deck i carried in my purse and would try to get people to play cards with me we always played drinking games with cards in college there was the one that we played a ton of was hockey. Did I explain this on the podcast before? Maybe I did. So hockey was no. a game where so it would, you, you play four player. You and the person across from you were partners and the other two people were partners, just like kind of in Euchre. And what it was is you had some sort of object in the center. It was usually a bottle cap and that was the hockey puck. And if you played a matching card from the person that 
you know, played a card before you, you would, you would get the puck. So I would, I would, I would take the puck either from the center. I would take the puck from either side. Right. So it would come to me. And then if we were in the possession of the puck and then either me or the partner would be able to play a duplicate card of what was played before us. So let's say, you know, the person after me played a three and then I have the puck and my partner plays a three on top of that. We score. So now we've scored that. We scored a point. Puck goes in the center and we keep going until and you play three periods because it's hockey. You can't not play three periods. But the Mm -hmm. amount of intensity the four of us would play this at there was there was always the same four people that would play this. And when would you when would you drink? So if you whenever you scored the other people. Yeah. So like it was. um, So you were rewarded when you when you No, I think when we scored the the other other people, people, the other people had to. I think okay. is the way it works. I think the drinking is the punishment, right? If I remember drinking games. Yeah, because like when you played, you know, presidents and assholes, it was the same kind of thing, which we played a a, a ridiculous amount of in high school to or in college as well. But with mm-hmm. with hockey, the like, it was one of those games that the four of us, like, if there was a party going on and the four of us were playing that, we didn't know what was going on. We were so intently focused on like what cards were being played. So we knew we could start narrowing it down and be like, I know he has that jack. I'm holding on to this jack so we can score this point. It was, it, we got so intense with the game. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, I think, I think if I would go back and do it now, I'd be like, man, this really wasn't much of a game. And I think there was some wilds in there too, but yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely a fun game. I know when we were young, we would play war a lot. Yeah. Oh, I hated that game because it would last forever and everybody wanted to play it. That's the only ones my friends would want to play. So we'd play war over and over forever Yeah, because it just never ended. You'd have to try to get the maces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That was a miserable game. Speaking of card games, I got into Magic the Gathering as a kid. So it was probably mid to late 90s that I started getting into Magic the Gathering. So I played that a decent amount. I know with like my brother... He got into it with us, or he got into it too. Him and I both did, but he never really liked the game as much as I did. But it was one of those things that I played casually with my friends. You know, we played that. We did the Star Trek CCG collectible card game. We played that quite a bit. I remember in middle school. So we did those games too growing up. No, I never had any nerds in my life that I could play like those cool games that I would have. I would have loved those in middle school. Magic the Gathering? Mm-hmm. I think the Star Pokemon. Trek CCG you would have loved, especially because it was all next generation. Yeah, I probably would. I would have loved, like, at that point in my life, I would have loved any kind of interesting game. I, I wouldn't have minded just the, that it was different than those classic card games. Because in middle school, I was still playing classic card games or, like, kids' games, you know? Yeah. I didn't get, in, you know, good games until, like, high school where I could play Euchre and and I learned hearts and spades and I loved those a lot and anything along those lines cribbage I'd play that whenever I could so classic card games mostly and then party games Pictionary yeah Pictionary was a big one like I said we played a decent amount the other thing too is like I talked about this quite a bit but Dark Tower I played a lot of Dark Tower with my friend we would we'd play it almost every day during the summer at his house we played a ton of that and then he we also had hero quest which we played a lot of hero quest because at that point we were kind of getting into rbgs as well me and my buddy and playing like you know D second edition with people you know moving into third edition uh, dabbled a little bit in 3.5 but that was about the time i was in college and then like fourth came around and fourth sucked so we because of that like hero quest was another game we did a lot with we would end up making our own scenarios within Hero Quest, like, and that was always fun. We always enjoyed that quite a bit. The new version that they came out with, like, looks cool, but I also hear they didn't change a single thing with it. Like, even the rule book is exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> we played a lot of Scrabble as I got later, as I got older too. That was a big one that we played a lot of. Yeah, I didn't play start playing Scrabble until like later on in life when I met like my wife. She played a, a decent amount, so mm-hmm. we played a decent amount of Scrabble. That game has always been long for me because I'm trying to figure out how to play words and people who are like really good with that. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, 
English was never it's my best subject. A lot of sitting around. Yeah, it's a lot of sitting around. You get you, there's a if you get good at those little words, you know. I, I don't play Scrabble anymore. I'd rather play words with friends where I can play with the tiles until I get the best word. Oh, until it's like yes, those are words. They're all words, and then it's going to score you fifty-seven points. That's not even like a game. That's just you manipulating the game to see how many points you can eventually get like there's really not even like a game behind it it's not real time so it works just fine yeah yeah so here's my question to you you know we talk about the games we played as kids and it was like your classic fair right i still remember what's that uh rally that game where you had the like little guns where you would shoot marbles at the other thing and try to um crossfire if I remember correctly, like you were, you had this like little gun, you would shoot this little disc in the center and you try to get it over into the other person's like end zone. Mm. You were, you don't remember this anyway. Okay. No, we didn't have any of those fancy games. We had the cheapo Hasbro games. That was it. Yeah. Nobody I knew had fancy games like that. Yeah. The fanciest games we probably had were, was Return to Dark Tower and uh, Hero Quest were probably the ones that we dabbled in the most. But so yeah. of all the childhood games that you've played, what games have you played with your children or that you've exposed your children to to the games that you played? Well, I played Candyland with them, although I didn't expose it to them. They were gifted that game. Um, Memory. I played Memory with my kids a lot. I like that one a lot with kids, but all the rest of them, no, none of them. I, did, I, I have so many better games that I can play with them. Well, you've played Monopoly, I d- right? I did teach they brought home monopoly and made me play with them i okay very okay words matter mm-hmm. i get it okay yep very you're very I clear about played that it with them and they learned the rules they taught me how to play we played by the original rules it was fine um i did sure. teach them euchre i taught them some trick-taking games but yeah i have so many good games i can play with them i don't play these classic ones they're just not near as good yeah we've done some of the like original like aggravation we've taught them which i can't stand that game i hate that game so much it's it's so bad it's so long the new version of Candyland is really good highly recommend it if you have young kids they really want to play Candyland. buy the newest version it's super short like the map is shorter Ooh, yeah there's a lot more double cards so you go up the map a lot faster you can play a game of Candyland in three to five minutes perfect yeah, the version we have is like the older. I think it's the version my wife had as like a kid because the like the yeah, cards. Yeah, throw that away. Yeah, could take like twenty minutes. Nobody wants to play Candyland for twenty minutes. Well, it doesn't have like the versions of like the cards are. It's almost like paper, and they're squ- like yeah. legit square. They're not even like rounded corners or whatever, and they're just mm-hmm. like yeah, they're not in good. That shape. hasn't changed. That's the same in the second version, <laughs> but the there's more same. doubles, so it goes faster. All right. I mean, cool. Yeah. I mean, yep. Like we can do that for sure. We a lot of risk. I remember playing a lot of risk as a kid too. Doing a decent amount of doing decent amount of risk. We had that game, but I never learned how to play it. It was sat on the shelf. I probably would have liked it. Did you ever do any like computer games or anything like that, or like consoles? We had this thing. I remember. I think it had to have been an Atari. You plug it into the the TV at home. And it had Pong. Yep. And it had the Space Invaders where you try to shoot the yep. spaceships down. I think the Space Invaders. I and really wish this was a video podcast so people could see the little guns that you just made <laughs> <laughs> for the shooting. Yep. Okay. I remember it had a um it had a keyboard and a, a um a toggle like you could hold onto the toggle. Yep. You know. Yeah. To move around, or you could use the arrow keys. I remember that. Oh, did you ever play Oregon Trail? Yep, in yeah. fourth grade. It was at school. I remember the math game. There was a math game we had in the computer. I have no idea how to play it, but I loved the math game. I hated Oregon Trail. That was terrible. I knew it was, I, they had this yeah. super cool math game. I think it was just these math squares. I don't remember. I don't know. Dis- but I played that one. I think Oregon Trail is just one of those iconic, like, you die of dysentery. I don't know if anyone's ever made it across the Oregon Trail. And I think that was the point of the game. It was educational to teach people, like, how terrible it was to try to cro- do the Oregon Trail. So like probably, everyone, yeah. I remember playing yep, a ton I, of that. Yeah, we had a computer in fourth grade. Every classroom got a computer, and we would have we'd get turns to play on the computer, and you could play those games. Yep. And yeah, Oregon Trail was terrible. Yeah, I remember there being a math game that I really liked too, and I'm trying to remember the specifics of it, but I can't think of it. I wonder if it's the it was the same math game because I imagine they were all like they were all like the it's, Apple II or whatever. 
Uh-huh. There's probably like yeah. three games that we all had the same ones. And yeah, you'd get like 10 minutes or five minutes on the computer, you know, every couple of weeks or something and you get to play it. It was so cool. It was before we had a computer at home. So yeah, I still remember one of the first legit computer games I ever played was Diablo. And I remember playing it at my buddy's house and like we would play it in his room and we would like turn the lights off or whatever to get like real scared with this game or whatever. But I just remember playing so much Diablo. So now with all the other Diablos coming out, I just, yeah, I've been enjoying playing those again, reliving some of them, like the remastered Diablo 2. So good. Then I still did like console games and stuff too. Like we ended up having an Atari, uh, a Sega, a Sega Genesis. A Nintendo. I think we skipped Super Nintendo. And then I remember getting a PlayStation 2, having like an Xbox, which is funny because I played all those like console games and now I don't play console games at all. Hardly ever. I might play some like the Diablo on my like my gaming computer, but aside from that, like some of the like Call of Duties and Halo and all that that I used to play. Yeah, I haven't played those and done any sort of computer games like that in a long time. Yeah, I always loved Mario, like the original Nintendo, but we didn't get we didn't get one when we were a kid. So by the time I'd play it with my friends that had them, they were so good, and I was so bad at it. It wasn't very fun. But when we did get one, when we were when they'd been around for a while, um, I, I I had a lot of fun playing it. But I just wasn't very good at it. I never spent the time like getting good at it. Yeah, that was one of those games you had to like. Yeah, you'd have to play a decent amount, and then like when you see, oh yeah, Tetris. You remember playing Tetris? Oh, yeah. Or Dr. Mario. Do you remember Dr. Mario? I didn't play Dr. Mario as a kid, but I have played it as an adult, and I love Dr. Mario. And I can never get anybody to play it with me. I'm so good at it. I love it. Because is it? Uh, yeah, just I remember like all the pills coming down or whatever and trying to get the, yeah. That was my jam. I like that probably way more than Tetris. I think what I had as a kid was a, was a Magnavox, not, a, not an Atari, because it's, not quite the same. Yeah. It looks like this. Yep. Here it is. I found it. It was uh, Commodore 84. Yep. That's what I had. I remember that. You mean 64? Um, yes. Commodore 64. Yeah. I Commodore 64. 64. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. 8-bit computer gaming. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I'm sure it came out in the 80s. So I'm sure we had it in like the 90s. But... What's funny is the introductory price for it was six hundred dollars back in nineteen. It was discontinued in ninety four. Wow, okay, man! First year nineteen eighty two. Six hundred dollars in nineteen eighty two. It had like three games on it. Yeah, you know you're old when you say something along the lines of, "Yeah, it cost this amount of money back in that time." <laughs> That's a ton. We must have had it. I remember. So I was born in 83. This was released in 82. And I probably had it when I was 10. So we, I'm sure we got it at a garage sale. Like a, a super like old version of it. Probably in the 90s is probably when we had it. So I'm looking at I'm looking at it online. So the initial retail price was $5.95. But in May 1983, it dropped to 250 bucks. Wow. That's still... I feel like that's still a lot for back then. Uh, yeah. What was your first computer? Was it a gateway? Tell me it was a gateway. <sighs> I had to have been. I remember it was $1,800. It was so expensive. Did it have like the little, my mom, the logo have like a little cow? Like it looked like a portion of a cow? Like the spots and everything? I don't remember. But I do remember all my friends having gateways. So I don't know if we had one or not. It was very basic. And we had dial-up internet. And I could play Minecraft and Solitaire and that other Free cell. card game on it. Free cell. Yep. yep. And I would do things like make cards. <laughs> you can make your own greeting cards. Yeah, I remember having a gateway. Uh, fun fact: I still play Free Cell today. I have it on my. I have it as an app on my phone. I still enjoy playing it. Really? Yeah, it's like an organization game, and that's like that kind of thing. Just like makes me happy, <laughs> especially when you can well, get, you get it all those or- cards. D- does it still free fall the cards when yeah. you win? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the best. Yeah, because I would I would get on the internet. And it would take a couple minutes to get up on the internet. Yep. So I'd play a game. And then I'd have a CD and I'd play the CD in the computer because that was our CD player. Yep. I'd listen to CDs in the, on the computer. And then I'd download a web page or something, go somewhere. And, you know, that would take a couple minutes. So I would play a game while I'd wait for it to load. And then I'd do something. Oh, got to wait for it to load, play another game. 
Minecraft was a little too hard. I die a you lot. Mean, you mean Minesweeper, not Minecraft. Minesweeper, Minesweeper, yeah. Minesweeper, yeah. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, not I don't, Minecraft. I've, you know, I know the rules to Minesweeper, and I would bet most people who have ever played it don't know the actual rules. Yes. You know. Agreed. I didn't when I was younger. No, it was one of those things that like. I remember being like playing it or whatever and I would just kind of click and then I would randomly die and be like, how do you actually play this game? So then I read the rules. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so then I would just play That's it for smart. funsies. Oh man, this uh, this kind of took a turn, went from what board games we played to like what computer games we played. But that was us as children, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the games we played as children. Uh, thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Please help us out by giving us a review and liking us on Instagram or Facebook. Let us know what you played growing up. Send us your comments or questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.